0: Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett, and today I am talking to you as a dad to other dads, and I'm talking to you about four legacy traits of dads. Now, listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 13. A wise son heeds his father's instructions, but a mocker does not listen to rebuke. So I would encourage the men that are listening today especially to those who are fathers and to those who one day will be dads. You know, dads kind of get the short end of the stick a lot, I think. You think about Mother's Day, it was officially recognized as a holiday way back in 1914. It's almost like Father's Day was like an afterthought, and that wasn't recognized in our nation until 1972. President Richard Nixon, of all people, declared Father's Day on that particular day in 1972 that it would be the second Sunday in June. As I think about Father's Day versus Mother's Day, there's some things you can't change, right? You can't change the past. You can't control the future. But you can improve today. So I want to improve today by helping dads to be better Dad. So, I want to give you four characteristics of legacy dads, and then I'm going to hopefully give you the rest of the list of 25 verses that really are encouraging to our fathers. Okay, let's look at Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 18 to 20. Ezekiel 20, 18 to 20. New Living Translation says, And I said to their children in the desert, Do not keep the laws of your fathers or follow their ways or make yourselves sinful with their false gods. I am the Lord your God. Keep my laws, obey my words, keep my days of rest holy, and there will be something special to you so that I can have this between you and me. And then you know that I am the Lord your God. Now, this is a scathing verse against the dads. They were living contrary to the laws of God. And so Ezekiel is telling the children to not listen to the fathers and not to follow in their sinful ways, not to worship their false gods, because the Lord God, He will keep His laws. Now, there's hope. The reason I began with that is because we are now living in a generation where we're now at the third generation of children who have not been raised in godly homes. It's not the first generation, not the second generation, it's the third generation. I want you to know that even if you have been raised in a family that doesn't have a solid foundation, there's a promise that has been given to you. God says, I will be the father to the fatherless, defender of the widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. You know, just recently I led to the Lord a young lady who had absolutely no faith background. Nothing. She was an agnostic but she was gloriously born again. You know who God used to share the gospel with her? Her future father-in-law. Yeah, he began to share the gospel with her, invited her to church. She heard the message. As a matter of fact, two Sundays ago, she was sitting in the congregation, and as she's listening to the message, she said, I felt this warmness all about me. I'm not sure what it was. And as she's driving home, she told her future father-in-law that I need to be saved and she was gloriously saved. In Psalm 78, we are given instruction. The psalmist says, "'Listen, O my people, to my instruction. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and which we have known. And our fathers have told us. We will not conceal them from our children.' But we will tell the generation to come about the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wondrous works that He has done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should teach them to their children, that the generation to come might know, even the children yet to be born, that they may arise and tell them to their children that they should be putting their confidence in God and not to forget the works of God, but to keep his commandments and not to be like their fathers, a stubborn and a rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its hearts and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Now, the reason this is so important today's message is because I know some of you are listening and you haven't had that good foundation. You didn't have a dad that taught you the ways of the Lord. As a matter of fact, you had a father that was stubborn and rebellious, okay? And you're part of a generation that could not have its heart prepared. I want you to know that God is a father to you and that the Lord can make up for what the locust hath eaten. You know, many times as you think about the obedience that God causes us to live, there's four things that I see found in legacy dads regardless of what your background is, regardless of whether or not you have a poor foundation or whether you have a, a solid foundation, here's the first point. Salvation sets us free. Salvation sets us free from a bad background, from a life without a foundation. It's salvation that sets us free, but don't miss the second point or the second part of the first point. But obedience keeps us free. Now, let's look at Judges chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Moses is writing, and he's writing about what the Lord did for his people. God says, I brought you out of the land of Egypt into the land that I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my promise to you. You must never make a treaty with the people who live in the land. You must tear down their altars, but you didn't obey. Here's a pretty solid understanding of what was commanded. Okay, I've set you free. Salvation is free. You're no longer slaves but you entered into a treaty with the devil you were supposed to tear down their altars but you didn't you didn't obey what do you think you're doing so i have this to say i will not force them out of your way they will be like thorns in your sides and their gods will become a trap for you while the messenger of the lord was saying this all the people of israel they began to cry Loudly. So they call that place Bochum. Those who cry, they sacrificed there to the Lord. Now, as we look at this, legacy dads don't habitually ignore God's truth, they consistently return to them. You know, a company held a contest for kids with the theme The Nicest Thing My Father Ever Did For Me. One kid answered, the nicest thing my father ever did for me is he married my mother. A boy told his father, Dad, if three frogs were sitting on a limb that hung over a pool and one frog decided to jump off into the pool, how many frogs would be left on the limb? The dad thought for a moment and then he replied, well, two. No, the son replied, there's three frogs and one decides to jump. How many are left? The dad says, "Oh, I get it. If one decides to jump, the others would too. So there are none left." The boy says, "No, dad. The answer is 3." The frog only decided to jump. He didn't jump. God's looking for men who consistently not only decide to live out God's truth, but actually follow through. You know, miracles remind us that God is for us. Miracles reminded us that God has set us free from something. They are not intended to make us proud but they are designed to make us holy to make us thankful to make us humble they provide reminders of God's love not to be used as for bragging rights of what God has done for us but rather as opportunity to share and glorify God Noah built the ark for the coming of the flood in order to find safety he didn't just decide to build the ark he actually built the ark Abraham He had to leave his surroundings that were very familiar to him, and he had to follow through to discover a new dream. But he had to move. Moses had to stretch out his hand over the sea to experience deliverance. He didn't just pray for deliverance. He followed through in obedience. Esther had to boldly proclaim into the king's presence before God's people were rescued. She couldn't just talk about being set free. She had to get into the king's presence. You remember those 10 lepers who came before the priest and they were healed? Jesus heals them. Only one of them came back and gave thanks. But they had to go back to the priest to be declared healed. What about that blind man? Remember the blind man that was healed at that pool before Jesus gave him sight? Yeah, yeah, he had to get out into that pool. What about the four men that opened up the roof to let the sick friend down at Jesus' feet? They didn't have to just talk about how they were going to do it. They had to do it. They had to tear apart that roof. What about Paul and Silas? They had to sing and they had to pray while they were stuck in jail. And they prayed and they sang that God would shake the building. But then, when the miracle took place, they had to walk on out of there, right? I want you to know, I'm not just asking you to make a decision today. I'm not just asking you to say, "Praise God that God has set us free because of the salvation that He's given us." I'm asking you to follow through with obedience. Obedience is what keeps us free. Listen, man, God's called you to be a dad. Be involved in the lives of your children. Don't tell them to go to church. Bring them to church. Don't tell them to not lie. Live out the truth by being honest. Live what you want your children to live. Be that example to them. Number two, when we think about legacy dads, secondhand lessons, they're educational. But firsthand experiences—that's transformational, truly transformational. Let's go back to the book of Judges, chapter two. Look at verses six to ten. Now Joshua sent the people of Israel home, so each family went to make possessions of the territory they had inherited. The people served the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime and throughout the lifetime of the leaders who had outlived him, who had seen all the spectacular works that the Lord had done for Israel. The Lord's servant Joshua, son of Nun died at the age of 110. Verse number 10. The whole congregation had joined their ancestors in death, so another generation grew up after them. They had no personal experience with the Lord or with what God had done for Israel. You see, they lost an opportunity. Legacy dads don't just regurgitate God's truth. They actually experience it. They take responsibility. There's a great way to give some firsthand experiences to your children. One of the goals that I set forth when we were starting to have children, I says, I want every one of my children to go with me on a missions trip. And so this summer, we're taking a group to Costa Rica, and uh, we're going to go on a missions trip. And every summer, we try to do a, a mission trip. We've missed a couple of summers because of COVID, but we're back in the swing of things. So all my kids have, at one time or another, been on at least one mission trip with me. Now, the reason I did that is because I didn't want them to have secondhand lessons about what mission trips are all about. I wanted them to have feet on the ground. I wanted them to have firsthand experience of being in another country, sharing the gospel, seeing how other people live realizing that we are so blessed in this nation with all the wonderful things that we have, and I wanted to experience it firsthand, you know, to this day. And it's been many years since I've taken my kids on these mission trips. They still remember them with fondness of what God did for them. So legacy dads understand that salvation sets us free, but obedience keeps us free. Legacy dads understand that secondhand lessons are educational, but firsthand experiences, that's where transformation takes place. And number three, legacy dads understand that godly examples are a great blessing when followed, but are a greater curse when they are rejected. Our kids need great examples. They need to see in us an example of a Christ follower. Let's look back again at Judges. Judges chapter 2. Now we're down to verses 11 through 19. The people of Israel did what the Lord considered evil. They began to serve other gods, the Baals. The Israelites abandoned the Lord God of their ancestors, the God who brought them out of Egypt. They followed the other gods of the people around. They worshiped these gods and they made the Lord angry. They abandoned the Lord to serve the god of Baal, the goddess Astra. So the Lord became angry with the people of Israel, and he handed them over to the people who robbed them. Do you get what is happening here? This is mind-blowing. Here God is allowing his own people to be handed over to the people that had robbed them. He also used enemies around them to defeat them they could no longer stand up against their enemies. Do you see this happening in our culture today? No longer able to stand up against the powers of evil, so they started to join that evil. Verse 15, whenever the Israelites went to war, the power of the Lord brought disaster on them. This was what the Lord said, and he said it with an oath, so he made them suffer a great deal. Then the Lord would send judges to rescue them from those who robbed them, but the people would listen to judges. The Israelites chased after other gods as though they were prostitutes and worshipped them. They quickly turned from the ways of their ancestors who had obeyed the Lord's commands. They refused to be like their ancestors. But when the Lord appointed judges for the Israelites, he was with each judge. The Lord rescued them from their enemies as long as that judge was alive. The Lord was moved by groanings of those who were tormented and oppressed. But after each judge died, the people went back to their old ways and acted more corruptly than their parents. They followed and they worshipped other gods. They never gave up their evil practice or their stubborn ways. What a sad commentary. Legacy dads don't reject God's truth. They embrace it. They don't throw up their hands and say, que Sarah, sera, whatever it's going to be is going to be. They don't just hand their children over to the culture. They realize that God has called them up for such a time as this to stand into the gap and to provide that example for their children and to protect their children from the evil of our world today. Well, I've got one last thing that I see in legacy dads. We've covered a lot so far. We learned, first of all, that legacy dads know that salvation sets us free, but obedience keeps us free from sin. Legacy dads realize that secondhand lessons are educational, but firsthand experiences, that's where the transformation takes place. And then, number three, legacy dads realize godly examples are a great blessing when they're followed, but there's a greater cursing when they are rejected. And then, number four, legacy dads know spiritual battles are inevitable, but victory is conditional. So, we better know how to fight and we better teach our children how to fight. Well, we're still in the book of Judges, chapter two. Now, we're going to drop down to verse number 20. The Lord became angry with Israel. He said, Because the people of this nation have rejected the promise. That I gave to their ancestors. They haven't obeyed me. I will no longer force out nations Joshua left behind when he died. You can almost pick up on the anguish of Moses as he's writing this. He's saying, These people have rejected the promise that I gave them, they rejected it by not obeying. And so now, instead of protecting them from the nations that Joshua fought to defeat, instead of claiming all of this promised land, now that Joshua is dead and and now that they're rejecting the message, God is saying, I'm dropping this hedge of protection that is around my people. He says, I will test the people of Israel with these nations to see whether or not they will carefully follow the Lord's ways as their ancestors did. So the Lord let the nation stay. He had not handed them over to Joshua or forced them out quickly. The Lord left them to teach Israel's descendants about war, at least those who had known nothing about it in the past. Here we see spiritual battles, they're inevitable, but victory. Is conditional. It's conditioned on obedience. You see, legacy dads are not passive about God's truth. They fight for it. You know, I'm so glad that I had a legacy dad that lived by faith. I'm trying to pass that on to my children that they will live by faith. And I'm passing it now on to my grandchildren that they will live by faith. You see, I know that we're only one generation away from totally rejecting the things of Christ. So men, I want to give you some encouragement. Be a legacy dad. I'm not talking about being a perfect dad. I'm talking about being a dad that will spiritually lead your families. Yesterday, I started going down a list of 25 verses of encouragement uh, for our dads. We ran out of time, so I didn't finish that list let me go back to that list, okay and I'm not going to rehash what was on yesterday's broadcast. You can pick that up if you will tune into yesterday's broadcast. you can listen to that on our church website. go to hrcc7.org and you'll find yesterday's broadcast on that. you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash1890557. So please pick up the first part of the message yesterday. but here's the rest of the list, okay Number nine. Remember that the Lord carried you as a father carries his son. So men, carry your children. Deuteronomy 129 says, don't be afraid of them. Why? Because the Lord your God. He's going before you. He'll fight for you as he did for you in Egypt. Just before your very eyes, you're going to see it. The Lord will lead you. Number 10. Amen. Remember, the Lord disciplines those that he loves. Proverbs 3.11. My son, don't despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those that he loves as a father, the son that he delights in. You know, it may seem strange to think of discipline as a sign of love, but if you really do love your children, you will discipline them. Number 11, your faith, dads, should be a refuge for your children. Whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for their children, it will be a refuge. Listen, when a family faces hardships, children are looking to their parents for reassurance of hope and encouragement. If a father respects this and submits to God in all things, his faith will be a source of comfort for his children and help them feel secure, regardless of what the storms of life may bring against them. Number 12, amen. Blessed is the man with many children. Children are a heritage from the Lord. An offspring is a reward to them. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, children born in one's youth are a reward. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Number 13, we are reminded that we've been given a wonderful opportunity in being parents. Do not exasperate your children. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4. And then number 14, Proverbs chapter 20, verse number seven. Hey, dads, your family are blessed because of you. Blessed are the children of the righteous. The righteous lead blameless lives. Blessed are their children after them. Number 15, men, listen. Listen to your sons. And sons, listen to your father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. That's Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, number 16, dads, you are commanded to give good things to your children who ask of you. Matthew 7, 9 through 11, Jesus says, which of you, if your son asks for a bread, will they give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will they give him a snake? Jesus says, you know, if you're evil and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Number 17, dads, children are a crown to the aged. Parents are the pride of their children. Number 18, our children should see in us, dads, that we are their greatest joy. John says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Celebrate your children walking in truth. Number 19, dads, don't embitter your children. Fathers, do not embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Colossians 3.21. Number 20, Hebrews 12.7, teach your children to endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? 21, we're encouraged here, fathers, that you should never take away your love from your children. Love your children unconditionally, even when they mess up. You're still to love them. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. Proverbs twenty-three, twenty-two. A man whose father is wise will bring rejoicing in his children, Listen to your father who gave you life, Proverbs 23, 22. Number 23, here is an exhortation that you are to be an example, that you are Matthew 10, 34 through 35. I realize that there's gonna be friction within the home, but you're to bring peace within that home. Number 24, this is found in Psalm 103. A father is to have compassion on his children so the Lord is to have compassion on them who fear him. Well, thank you very much. The last one, Luke 15, 30. And we see the father's love for a wayward son. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to talking with you on Monday. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash one eight nine zero five five seven. Or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcasts.